Hey, a massive hello to our Bandofla audience, wherever you are around the world listening. And before you all start shouting at me as to where I've been, sincere apologies for the small gap since our last episode was published. My name is Fabzi Hussain and you are listening to Bandofla. Right then, where do we start? Our regulars will know that the British Prime Minister has been under the microscope somewhat in recent weeks. Despite an awful Prime Ministerial performance, Boris Johnson somehow has managed to maintain a healthy lead in public polls, which until recently had him well ahead of Sir Keir Starmer. This has now all changed. The man who has gone from one Covid disaster to another has just seen his Conservative Party lose a North Shropshire by-election, throwing a 24,000 majority to give power to the Liberal Democrat candidate. Um, and Boris is now precariously close to losing his status as Prime Minister. I think I'll need to get out the tiny violin for that one. Even Lord Frost resigned this week. So maybe the time is right for Boris to come out of the fridge. Apologies to our overseas listeners. This is a joke our UK listeners will be able to relate to. So growing up, for me... Um, it was easy to associate uh, being an MP with being a person of the utmost decency and integrity. It went with the territory. The first member of parliament that I remember was my local MP in Tottenham, North London, the late Bernie Grant, who was simply a brilliant representative for his constituents and the many different communities that lived here. So fast forward 40 years and after almost 12 years of conservative rule, politics has never had a more corrupt stench in the nostrils of the working class. Who would have believed that 150,000 deaths, many linked to poor government decisions, would be so acceptable to parts of society. Who would have thought that lying consistently would not attract any condemnation from our so-called top home affairs and political journalists? It wasn't that long ago that in the chambers where the heartbeat of democracy lives, Dawn Butler MP called out Boris Johnson for lying. She backed up her statement with lots of examples, but outrageously she was ordered out of the House of Commons by the Speaker of the House after she refused to retract her statement. Good on you, Dawn, I say. As one of my previous guests on, on an episode pointed out, it was a real shame that those Labour MPs who were in the chambers and who witnessed this bravery, did not have the bottle to all walk out in solidarity 
and support of Dawn. I think that was really a, a, a real shame. So in this episode, I also want to touch on the plight of refugees. You know this is a, a subject very close to my heart. Uh, I've managed to make contact with a Syrian family who are currently seeking refuge in Lebanon. Ali fled Idlib at the height of the trouble in Syria. He has four young children and I'm able to communicate with his eldest son who can speak fairly good English. They are currently in a UNHCR centre in Lebanon. They really are desperate for the world to hear their story. Ali's wife has an injury uh, to her back which was sustained from shrapnel uh, from uh, a bomb blast whilst they were leaving Syria. He was arrested along with his brother um, again during that period where they were leaving uh, and Ali advised me that um, unfortunately his brother endured um, torture and was subsequently killed. It's, uh, it's all very, very shocking. Ali told me that if he could return to Syria, he would, but he has nothing to return to. He believes that Lebanon is itself in crisis, struggling to support its own people, and so conditions for refugees are incredibly tough. More than one million Syrian refugees are in Lebanon, giving it the highest per capita proportion of refugees in the world and placing enormous pressure on the country and its people. Lebanon is now UNHCR's largest single country operation with five countries, sorry, five offices countrywide. You will also be aware, many of you will be aware, that Turkey also has a, a huge number of refugees, somewhere in the region of two to three million refugees, maybe even more than that. So according to the Refugee Council, the number of applications for asylum here in the UK since 2016 ranged from around 20 uh, and 30,000 per year. And interestingly, 63% of these were granted leave to remain at the first stage. When you consider Lebanon is 23 times smaller than the UK. That's right, 23 times smaller than the UK. It has a population around the 10th of the UK. And within this population of around 6 million, 1 million Syrian refugees are there also. So I scratch my head uh, when I hear some people say, we can't take any more refugees here in the UK. The awful rhetoric which sees refugees demonised, and this also extends to our wonderful RNLI volunteers, being the subject of hate from far-right groups, must stop. Sadly, the language used by many of our own MPs simply encourages the vile narrative. 
In comparison to what other countries are doing, the UK's support of refugees is pitiful. What makes it all the more outrageous, in my humble opinion, is the fact that the weapons we sell in multi-billion pound arms deals, either directly or indirectly, to those countries bombing civilians is causing the refugee problem. So if anything, we have a moral obligation to step up to the plate and help these people flee in persecution and conflict. I chose to use Lebanon as an example as I wanted to highlight the case of Ali and his family. He feels terribly let down by the UN Refugee Agency. He is desperate to leave Lebanon and to try and get somewhere where he and his family can bring a modicum of respect back to their lifestyles. He even begged me to organise for his four children to be adopted so they can have a chance of a better life. At this moment, my eyes uh, welled up. It, it was incredibly emotional. Um, we were texting over WhatsApp, so what? So Ali would not have been aware of this. Uh, I don't think we will ever even begin to appreciate the desperation that is in play here. The UN Refugee Agency will be absolutely aware just how desperate conditions are at their refugee centre in Lebanon. Can I urge all of our listeners who are on Twitter, please tweet at refugees, which is the UNHCR Twitter handle, and urge them to help these refugees regain some dignity in their lives. Please, if you can spare one or two minutes to do this, it would mean so much to Bandofla, it would mean so much to Ali, it would mean so much to me, please. So if this podcast could in some way be a gateway for change for these refugees, that would be the most amazing thing that we can collectively do today. So moving away from the refugee theme, I want to come back to Boris and the issue of COVID. There is now something in the region of 150,000 people that have sadly died, like I've already said, um, in the UK since the beginning of the pandemic. Do you remember the early briefings when the government told us about, they think, 20,000 people could die from this? And that would be, you know, a realistic figure or words to that effect, well, sadly, we are on target to hit almost 10 times that figure. And now with the Omicron variant, we're currently getting something in the region of 90,000 new infections a day. The scandal of the Christmas party in 10 Downing Street from 2020, which has taken a while to hit the media, has caused the most damage to Boris Johnson and the Conservatives. We all know loved ones who've died or who were very poorly. We've had to cancel our Christmas parties with our families and loved ones. 
but it was the right thing to do. After all, it was the law. And then, only to learn that Conservative MPs and ministers were lashing it up having parties in 10 Downing Street. It simply is not good enough. It is obvious to me that none of these MPs were going to say anything until the story broke and came out, which just shows how contemptuous they are of the British public. I can't really put it uh, more clearly than that. So in other news, socialism has a new voice and leader in Chile. The country has just gone to the polls and the winner has been confirmed as a chap by the name of Gabriel Boric. Gabriel, who is just 35, is one of the youngest heads of states in the world and I understand he's also heavily tattooed. So Mr Boric has pledged to hike taxes and to dismantle a private pension system in what is Latin America's richest nation. The reaction of America will be very interesting to see, but I sincerely hope uh, Gabriel Boric is given a chance to deliver his political platform and pledges for the people of Chile. Moving up a continent into North America, it, win it witnessed a ferocious climate episode with several tornadoes hitting Kentucky. Bondoffler's thoughts and prayers go out to all those affected in the state of Illinois. Over 100 Kentuckians are feared dead. Global warming is causing more and more climate devastation and these tragedies will only become even more frequent if collectively the world does not wake up and take decisive action to slow down global warming and reverse this impact. Okay, Bundoflians, I'm going to sign off uh, and leave it here for now. So this is a, a shortish episode. Still covered a fair bit for you. I'm going to leave you with this thought. Our listeners will know what Bundofla stands for. We don't do hatred and bigotry of any kind. We are an anti-racist and socialist platform. We stand for the oppressed and often in the face of intimidation, we stand firm to our principles. When Bandofla recently interviewed Mozambique in our last episode, we found ourselves being trolled. Mozam is an incredible character, a former Guantanamo Bay detainee held without trial or charge for almost three years in solitary confinement. He had a, a, a terrible time in Guantanamo. He has addressed students at the Oxford Union, so it was an honour for Bandofla to share a platform with him. The Islamophobic crap that was sent to us following this, mainly via Twitter, wasn't pleasant. But I guess our message is getting through and we are all about awareness and education. Peace and love will always win the day. So Bandofla can be followed on Twitter at underscore Bandofla. That's B-A-N 
D-O-F-L-A. You can email us at podcastbundofla at gmail.com. Feel free to share our podcasts with your friends. All likes and shares are totally appreciated. And I will leave you with this message. It is a message for Ali, the Syrian refugee, who will be listening to this episode and praying that his family gets a chance to start their lives again after everything was lost in Idlib. Ali, please know that people around the world do know what is going on and they do want to help. To our friends in the UNHCR, you must deliver not just real help for people like Ali, but they need hope. Until next time, please keep safe. Goodbye.